Hello, everyone. Kevin Cole here. Unexpected Points is the podcast. Subscribe, review, all that, all that stuff. Check out the Substack, unexpectedpoints.substack.com. We got some news. We got some big news. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the trade is done. It's been consummated, finally. Or actually faster than I thought it was going to be done, and we'll discuss a little bit more about that, about why I thought the timing would be a bit different. Okay, let's get the particulars out there, and then before I get into what I think about the value proposition here for both teams, um, and if you're a Jets fan, you might not want to hear <laughs> what I'm going to have to say, although it's not going to be that rough. You know, there's you ever heard the, the phrase unmitigated disaster? Well, this is like a mitigated disaster. So... It's a disaster, but there are mitigating circumstances to that to that disaster when it comes uh, for the Jets. But again, particulars here. Uh, maybe I'll even go ahead for those of you who are watching on YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe there. Let me let me I'll even go ahead and bring this up. Bring up the old Chrome tab here, so you guys can uh, so you guys can take a look at it. So we have uh, Schefter bomb here, and the Jets get, of course, Aaron Rodgers. We're, they have a little pick swap action going on in this draft, the 2023 draft. The Jets are going to get pick 15, which was the Packers selection, and the Packers move up a couple of spots to pick 13. Just right off the bat, according to the Jimmy Johnson chart, if you want to use that, it's equivalent of maybe a late third round, fourth round, early fourth round type of pick to move up a couple of spots in that range. Now, those values are built in on some quarterback selections, a lot of quarterback selections there. I don't think teams really go by that anymore. Uh, I'm trying to think of an equivalent. So what did the Eagles give up? Let me see. When they traded up and they took uh, Jordan Davis last year, that's probably a good one to look up to figure out what they had to do. Uh, it's actually perfect because it's 15 to 13. Boom, 15 to 13. So – the Eagles gave up 15. Um, they gave up 124, which is the latter half of the fourth round. So they gave up 15, 124, 162, and 166. I mean, this is just a lot of stuff here. So 162 is in the fifth round, 166 of fifth round. So in order for the, so this is how much maybe this trade up is worth, according to what the Eagles paid last year. Again, this is a non-quarterback deal. They were moving up because they thought Jordan Davis may go. They went from 13 to 15. They gave up a late fourth round pick and two late fifth round picks. So that is probably a way to think about the value there for, um, for, for, for what that, that pick swap is worth. The pick swap is going to be it's going to be nauseating how people are going to talk about it and think about it. And when the Packers draft someone at 13, they're going to say, oh, you know, the, the, maybe they couldn't have got him at 15. It, it's I mean, that's all that's all kind of nonsense. But well, I'll talk more about that in a second. So so the Packers get. So the Jets get sorry, Aaron Rodgers, 15. They get a 2023 fifth round pick, 170. So a little bit of a mitigating cost there. So if you think about it, net net from the pick swap, maybe you knock one of those fifth round picks off. So it's like it's like you add another for the pick swap. It's like you add another fourth and a fifth round pick 
to what the Packers are getting. Uh, so the Packers get the pick swap. They get a second round pick. Now, when I initially saw this, I don't know who I was looking at. I was looking at somebody discussing this trade. I didn't see that second round pick. I only saw the pick swap and then getting a fifth round pick back in return and the conditional second, which becomes a first next year. I didn't see, I didn't see the, the, the second round pick this year in 2023, which drastically changes my opinion on, on what this deal is. So they give up the second round pick 42 overall. Again, that's the pick that they got from the Browns, which we probably had some suspicions might be moved as part of this deal when they traded Elijah Moore. There were some thoughts that this pick could be part of that deal because they have two second round picks now. So they'll still have a pick in the second round after this um, and a six round pick and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then 2024 next year, a second round pick that becomes a first round pick if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. And unlike the Carson Wentz deal, where there was also a condition on there, which he met anyway, uh, even though he wasn't very good, there's kind of no benching risk is this, like 0% benching risk. It's just all injury risk going on here. I mean, maybe there wasn't that much benching risk with Carson Wentz either, but here it's like really no benching risk here. So Rodgers has missed some time in the past. So I guess 2017, he missed a lot of time, but it's a pretty solid deal that they're going to get a first year. So they get the pick swap, which is the equivalent of a fourth and fifth round pick maybe. They get the second round pick and they get a first round pick probably next year. That's a lot. That is a whole lot to get for Aaron Rodgers. And the reason being, and this is, this is when it comes down to how I'm going to think about it versus how some fans or some analysts might think about it. Like no matter how much the jets give up in this transaction, no matter how much they give up their probability to win the super bowl this year, to win the division this year to win a maximum amount of games this year doesn't is not affected, right? It's not like the Jets could give up so much in this trade that they shoot themselves in the foot and can't even win a Super Bowl now with Aaron Rodgers. Like it doesn't matter for this season. And that's why whatever happens with Rodgers this season, however well the Jets do with Rodgers this season, while there might be some after-the-fact hindsight that you could say, oh, see, he was worth it, oh, or boy, he really wasn't worth it. When we're, when we're analyzing trades, and trades have to be made before the fact, they can't, you can't you know, make a trade, see what happens, and then go back and adjust the trade later. You have to, you have to do it looking forward. I hate these, this idea that, oh, we, we don't know whether it's a good trade or not until well, – you, you can't make decisions looking back you have to judge it based upon you have to do it in a smart way how it was done today but you have to make a decision based upon how it was done today so it's not going to be affected by this like the jets are raising their super bowl chances i think up to about 12 to 1 here i think they're the six team tied for six in super bowl odds right now the packers are at the bottom of the nfc north for super bowl chances none of this is going to affect anything this pick swap and the second round pick they get, very unlikely you're going to get any massive contributions from those players uh, in this season on average. Like on average, the contribution you're going to get from those players is not going to affect things for this season. So let's not. So, so the mitigating part, though, it is a mitigating part that they do have pretty good chances to win the Super Bowl. They do have a 
high chance of making the playoffs, which hasn't been done in a long time. So all of these things are true. And if you're the Jets, all those things are true. Now, the reason I think that this is bad for the Jets is I just didn't think they had to do it. I wrote an article about how they had the leverage in this situation. I still believe that to be true, but guess what? You know, if you don't want to have the leverage, if you're sweating bullets, if you have an owner who's willing to do anything possible to make this deal done, if you have a GM who believes he's on the hot seat and just wants to get something done to take the heat off of him because he knows, just like I just said, that no matter how much you give up in this trade, it's not really going to affect how you perform this year and how you perform this year more than anything else, is going to preserve Joe Douglas's job, Robert Sala's job, more than anything else, is how they perform this year. So from their perspective, if they're massively overpaying for this, like, who cares? It, it doesn't have nearly as much. Now, from a Jets fan perspective, I think it does matter because I think they could have done a much better job and put themselves in a much better position a year or two or three or four down the line to continue winning. I mean, that's in the that's in the future, though, of course. So when we frame, like, what is Aaron Rodgers worth? Now, obviously, there's the delta to, to get into the playoffs. So that's that's good. That's an important delta, right? Even if you're adding only an incremental amount of value, if, it's, if it gets you over the hump, if it adds, you know, eight games to nine games or nine games to 10 games one or 10 games to 11 games one, each time those, those wins are much, much more valuable than going from – uh, you know, four to five or five to six or six or seven, whatever. It, it's all like out of the playoffs. It's all you have, you have no chance of winning a Super Bowl at that point. So we do have that. But the thing that's really a sticking point here is Rogers' salary. So if you're going to just base this upon dollars and cents, and I think that's the only way you can really put it in a definable, quantifiable agreed upon way of looking at these transactions. It is a hard cap league. There's, you know, there's different shenanigans people can, can, can do if they want to push money on the future, cut players, change around guarantees, restructure contracts, all that stuff. But, you know, eventually the bill comes due. And eventually over the next 10 years, you can't spend more money than or, you know, it's going to average out to whatever the salary cap was over that time basically for these teams. That's just how it's going to work. So you have to think about it in salary. So Rodgers now coming over to the Jets, unless we're going to hear about some sort of salary mitigation that the Packers are giving him, which I doubt they are. You just have to say to yourself, you're getting a $60 million quarterback for this season. He's going to cost you $60 million, technically 59 point, whatever it is, but still. $60 $60 million. Maybe quarterbacks are still undervalued. You know, maybe Jalen Hurts at $52 million a year, the highest salary quarterback in NFL history for his long-term extension. Maybe he's really worth $60, $70, $80 million. Maybe Rodgers is really worth $60, $70, $80 million. But, you know, when we look at it versus the market, a market where Mahomes is on a $45 million a year, a market where Josh Allen is on a 40, I don't know, what is it, $7 million a year deal. Um, like, what is a reasonable number to say how much Aaron Rodgers is worth? I don't think it's $60 million, no matter how well he plays. I don't think you could really say, because that's already more than the most expensive quarterback in the NFL. 
So you're almost going into this, even if you were taking Rodgers off of the Packers' hands for free, for no compensation, if you were just taking him from the Packers and saying, now you don't have to pay him $60 million. Because again, that was the that was the leverage that you have against the Packers, as you say, he wants to come to us. He only wants to come to us. Nobody else wants him for $60 million, especially when he doesn't want to go to anyone else. So we'll we'll take him off your hands for $60 million because you're not going to pay him $60 million. You're not going to keep him and pay him $60 million out of spite. Um, so l- l- let us lighten your, your burden by taking him. Now, obviously, that's not how it played out, but that would be kind of a rational way to think about it. Then you have the pick cost when it comes to this. So the pick cost, again, let's try to frame everything in a common denominator here is frame everything in dollars. So the pick cost and what you get from these draft picks, the reason the draft picks are valuable is because you're getting a player who on average is going to produce X or has a range of outcomes, of course, of who they will be, but a player you're drafting who will produce something. And then the salary, which is predetermined for what you're going to pay that player is less than the value you're going to get from that player. What you would have to pay to replace that drafted player's production in free agency. It's less. That's the value. That's what that's what we, we call in all these different draft value analysis. That's what we call surplus value. That's what you're getting from these picks. It's a cost savings, which then you can apply to keeping more of your veteran players who you're extending. You can apply to spending more in free agency. You can apply it in those ways to better your team. Hard cap. Over a long enough timeline, we're all spending the same amount, all these different teams, no matter what they do on, a, on an annual basis to shift things around. There will eventually be dead money, other stuff that teams will have to lower their cap by. Um, that's the currency when we're thinking about this. So when we want to go to draft value curves, how much this sort of stuff is really worth, well... Let's go ahead and look at the the article that I did on this about draft value curves. And what it does is it says, okay, here's here's there's a pick value, there's a there's a cost value, the difference being the surplus value. So when we look at what to expect for all non-quarterback picks here, remember they're giving up the 42nd pick. The 42nd pick is the equivalent of about two and a half, three percent of the salary cap on an annual basis that you're saving for that player. So it's pretty simple. You say, okay, 2% of the cap, the cap is, let's say it's going to average like, I don't know, 245 million over the next four years. You multiply it out. Boom. It's about $20 million. So that's an additional $20 million we're talking about here for that pick number 42 that you're giving up. Now you're giving up another first round pick in the future. Let's just talk about these two things because they're the two main drivers here. No additional first-round pick in the future. What's that first-round pick going to be? Where is it going to be? Um, I don't know. It's probably going to be in the 20s. Let's hope it's in the 20s, right? So you're giving up that pick. In the 20s, that's another 3% value that you're giving out. So again, you know, 3%, you already gave up 20. Now we're giving up about 30 in this. So now we're up to $50 million. So we're already saying that Rogers probably isn't anything of a value on his $60 million contract and you're giving up an additional $50 million. So $50 million, what is that 
worth when it comes to pick value? Well, I don't know. Depending upon how you look at it, depending upon how much you want to discount the future years on that pick, and you probably can discount the future years on that pick if you want. Um, the surplus value could be, depending upon how you look at it, so the value that the Jets are giving up in this transaction is at least a couple of picks, at least a couple of first-round picks. Now, if you think Rodgers has some value over the $60 million that you're going to be paying him, then maybe it's one high first-round pick. But still, you're giving up a high, high first-round pick for a 39-year-old player who was okay last year, but not great. I don't think he has physical decline, so you know he'll probably be okay there. Um, but another problem with this is maybe there'll be an additional way to mitigate this if you knew that Rodgers is going to be there for two seasons, but there's not even any guarantee that Rodgers is going to stick around. Now, he does, he's not going to be cheap when you stick around. You're still going to be paying him in the high 40 millions for the second year if he sticks around, but maybe we'll hear about this more later, but what's the condition on that for the Jets? You think Aaron Rodgers isn't going to still be talking retirement after the season, no matter what happens with the Jets? Um, he's going to be talking about it. You're going to go through this whole thing. What's to stop Aaron Rodgers from walking away? Collect $60 million from the Jets, have a great year, and then just walk away. As long as he plays the 65% of snaps this season, my understanding is they're going to still give out that first-round pick in 2024. So it's possible from the Jets that you will have you'll have Aaron Rodgers for one year paying him $60 million. And for that privilege, for that privilege of probably overpaying him slightly, you're giving up a first half of the round, second round pick this season, and a first round pick next draft. I mean, that's massive. You know, maybe Roger sticks around for one more year, but is there any scenario when he sticks around for more than two years? I don't think so. I think this is pretty much it. So your your upside case is you pay him about $55 million a year, a little bit less for the next two years, which maybe he's a slight value over that if he returns to MVP sort of form. You're paying him $55 million a year. Um, so it's big. I mean, pretty much any way that this has been sliced or diced or looked at is putting this at at least a first early first round pick is the value here. I see Sean Clement. Um, actually, maybe I'll um, share this on here for you guys to see. So Sean Clement, who works at uh, Sumer Sports, they have it as being the total equivalent of the ninth pick. Um. If the 2024 pick is a first, if it's a second, then it's like a first. Eh, so I don't know. So they're saying the ninth pick. I've seen others on here that are saying they think it's the equivalent of the third overall pick. Again, it all depends on how much you discount that first round pick. Uh, but Tage Seth, who also works at Sumer Sports, just using the straight numbers from um, – the Fitzgerald Spielberger chart, which is by uh, Jason Fitzgerald at OTC and Brad Spielberger, who's over at PFF now. He's gaining as the third overall pick. So this is substantial. And how the Jets should have played it, in my opinion, if they weren't you know, too tied into it, 
if they weren't too tied into having to make this trade happen, if they were willing to wait a while, if you wait, if you just stick to your guns until this draft is over, past Thursday, not only do you not have to give up compensation this year, but what's the Packers' leverage at that point? Like, the Packers have some leverage to say, we want to get this deal done. This is a deadline type of thing. The deadline's gone. Now, your, your, your downside is the Packers could technically hold on to him for as long as they want until the first week of the NFL season if they wanted to. But, again, they can't cut him. They can't trade him anywhere else. And he's going to cost them $60 million. So I don't know how credible that threat is, but they did have that threat. I don't know. I mean, I get it. The Jets want to get it done. Again, it's not going to really affect job security in the short term for them. It's not going to affect their Super Bowl odds this year. But man, if you could have just held on and just pressed them up against the wire of this draft, where the Packers really wanted to get some draft capital in this draft, really made them press and sweat. Um, I know the Jets, you know, with Zach Wilson, they're not looking so hot for who they have at quarterback, but the Packers literally had no option other than trading Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Leverage comes from multiple options bidding against each other. There was no other option. There was no other bid other than the Jets having a disappointing season and Joe Douglas losing his job and the owner, you know, being fucking pissed off and, you know, not being, you know, dying before, <laughs> before the Jets are good again. Maybe that's like, that's the downside. That's your leverage. Woody Johnson kicks the bucket um, and doesn't get a chance to see the team ever make the playoffs. I guess that's your leverage. Uh, and they they used it pretty well. Now, I want to talk about the pick swap a little bit because, again, this is going to be – I already know. I'm using my my spidey sense says that this is going to be um, – this is going to be one of the worst discussions out there for, like, who – for what the meaning is of this sort of thing, 13 to 15. Again, the, the value on this is late fourth round or early – or late fifth round pick, those two combined. Um what I, want, what I want to find here is I know that uh, Seth Walder has been working with ESPN on, they have a, a calculator now to figure out like when chances players are available. So this NFL draft calculator. I think this is a good way to, to really sort of frame it. Not that it's perfect, but I think it's a good way to think about this like 13 to 15 pick swap. Because again, we're going to hear about this so much, it's going to be um, it's going to be annoying. But let's at least try to have like a reasonable way of thinking about it. So let me bring up their pick calculator. I don't, I'm not on board with all their values here because I think they they're a little too overconfident about different issues happening. I mean, for instance, they said last year that um, they said last year that there was a 0% chance that Kyle Hamilton would go after the 12th pick. And, you know, he went, he went as the 14th pick. So a little bit of a miss there, but directionally they're, they're pretty good on this. So what I'm hearing a lot is um, who was it? That JSN, the Jackson Smith and Jigba is like who the Packers want. So this is really the, the guy that they're very concerned about. Well, okay. It looks like, according to this, the availability, the chance to be available, and this is ESPN's best guesses when it comes to this, um, the chance to be available 
then again, the Jets are one of these parties, so I don't know if you should really count the Jets as part of this, but they're guessing it's about a 10% ch- chance that, that the 14th pick he would be taken and about a, well, maybe a little bit less than 10%, a little bit more. than So net, net about 20% chance. So yeah, so, like, so your chance of getting JSN goes down to, let's say, 35%. It goes up to about 55% from 35%. Okay, I mean, it's something. It's not nothing. It's a little something. You know, 10, 20% of scenarios. And again, I think this is overconfident here. Maybe you're going to have that player. But trying to figure these things out in advance is pretty difficult to do. Um, I mean, if we look at, let's look at offensive tackle. That's another one that they talked about is maybe someone that they would try to figure out for Bakhtiari, who they could potentially get. Um, who's a guy here? Okay. Darnell Wright. This is a guy who kind of is, is in that thick spot of the, of the curve potentially. I don't think these other guys, let's look at Paris. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's, let's look at, if you're really into Paris Johnson jr, let's say, yeah, I mean, he has about a 16% chance to be taken to the 13th pick and 14% at the 14th pick. So you're saving about a 30% chance. You start adding all these up. Yeah. I mean, in total, if you had a couple of players who were really into, you might have a five to 10% better chance of getting one of those players than you would have of getting one of those players otherwise. But this early on, not knowing how the draft is going to unfold, not knowing everything else here, it's really a marginal difference here. Um, But I do think it's good PR for the Packers because no matter who they draft, Packers fans, trust me, will convince themselves that it was a brilliant pick swap and that player would not have been available two picks later, even though... That person, the player probably would have, by all odds, they probably still would have, you know, no one's going down to 0% probability they'd be left um, if they were there. And we don't know who these other teams wanted and, you know, get taking JSN versus taking the next wide receiver. It's only a, a little bit of a weighted coin flip that JSN will actually be better than the next wide receiver. So all those things factored together is why that type of move is such a small jump up in value, especially if you don't even know from a positional value standpoint, whether there is a tiering difference right there. Again, it'll be talked about a lot. People go on and on about it, but I don't know if it is, if it is that big of a deal. All right. I can also take some questions on this. If anyone wants to fire in the, the questions on this deal, if they have any questions on this particular deal. And then if not, I'll go ahead and wrap up. I'll just go ahead and say now, I'll use this time to filibuster a second and say that I'm going to have a pod. Unfortunately, it's going to be late Wednesday. I want to do it a little bit earlier where Pat Corain, uh, who used to be with NBC Sports, who's now moved over to do his own thing. We're going to talk about like draft predictions, other things that are going on for the NFL draft. And I'm going to try to do a live stream during the draft. I'm not sure it's going to happen for sure or not because I need to like figure it out on my own. Um, but if no one has any questions on this one, which I think is a pretty open and shut deal, again, a mitigated disaster, not an unmitigated disaster, but a mitigated disaster. Um, other than the fact that it's going to save Joe Douglas's, uh, job this season. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you got some good information from this again, about $50 million in surplus value. So we're talking about very much at least an early first round pick in value here that the Jets are giving up as part of this transaction. If you assume Rogers at $60 million is not offering you a lot of value. 
uh, go ahead, subscribe to the YouTube channel, check out the pod, uh, and also go and get a sub over at unexpectedpoints.substack.com. Otherwise, I'll be talking to everyone. And-